Yeah, That Soccer Show is proud to be a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Go check out all the great coverage of soccer in the Carolinas at soccer, the letter N, sweettea.com. Today's episode is brought to you in part by the Spice and Tea Exchange of Greenville. In the heart of downtown, in fact, right at the corner of East North and North Main Street, lies a little shop where eaters can come together. The Spice and Tea Exchange has spices, sugars, salts, teas, and in-house made spice blends that you can purchase starting at a half ounce and working their way up. They've even provided spices and the like to restaurants and food trucks. So you can get these in mass quantities if you need to. You can even have a proprietary blend of salt or spice made, labeled, and bottled for your special event, whether it's a wedding, a graduation party, whatever you've got going on just for you. They want to help make that an awesome favor for your event. So you can visit them, like I said, on the corner of East North and North Main downtown, or you can visit their website at spiceandtea.com slash Greenville. This is Yeah, That Soccer Show, the completely unofficial podcast that talks all things Greenville FC, NPSL, and so much more. So come on, Greenville, this show is for you, it's about you, and we want this show to be driven by you. So email the show at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or slide into our DMs over at YTSS Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in once again. It is time for episode number 19 of Yeah, That Soccer Show. I apologize for the late uh, recording of this episode this week as I don't know if you followed us on Twitter or if you saw me at Saturday's game. Uh, but last Thursday night's game against Emerald Force, uh, I lost my voice and... Uh, tried to take it easy on Saturday, but of course uh, was still cheering and chanting a little bit. Um, and so I was without voice for most of the week. Um, you can kind of hear I'm still on the recovery side of that, but wanted to do my best to get an episode out to you today because there's big things on the horizon. We've got a game tomorrow, um, Saturday, June 2nd. We will be taking on the Atlanta Silverbacks. So in today's episode, what we're going to do, I'm not going to spend an inordinate amount of time uh, breaking down the two games from last week just because it's been so long. I do want to talk a little bit about it and look at uh, what maybe we could have done better, what we can learn from those two games, and what we can take there moving forward. So we're going to do that. Then we are going to preview the Atlanta Silverbacks matchup for tomorrow night going to talk a little bit about the activities surrounding that game because there's some other stuff going on that you're going to want to hear about. And then at the end of the show, I've got a big announcement about some more podcasts coming in your future next week that you will want to hear. So make sure you are with us for the full time this episode. So without further ado, let's jump right in and let's jump in the time machine and go back to last Thursday's 5-2 loss to the Emerald Force from Knoxville. Now going into this matchup, we had talked about Emerald force was not a great team to start out the year. They hadn't been performing all that well. We thought that this was a game that lined up well for us. And actually I was really excited about the lineup that was posted. It was a four, four, two 
It was a good looking lineup. Um, seemed like this was going to be kind of our best potential starting lineup that we had had to date. And things looked pretty good there from the get go. Emerald Force scored in the eighth minute, but pretty shortly after there in the 15th minute, 15th minute, Lee Wadham equalized for Greenville. And then it stayed 1-1 for most of the first half. Uh, it seemed like we had tons of chances. It felt like we were really dominating. We just couldn't capitalize on any of those chances in the first half. And then right before halftime, things got a little out of hand. Uh, Dalton Souter had received a yellow card earlier in the match, probably des- deservedly so, for a foul. And then in the 43rd minute, Emerald Force was coming down toward the goal. They had a player on the ball dribbling through the midfield when his shirt got tugged. The referee saw the shirt tug, tug, blew the whistle, and issued a second yellow card to Dalton Souter, sending him off in the 43rd minute. The only problem is Dalton Souter was not the one who tugged on the shirt. Uh, That would have been your midfielder, James Smith, who tugged on the shirt. And... I don't, I'm, I'm 99% confident that that was the foul that the referee was calling. If it was another foul, then it was definitely something that probably did not deserve a yellow card. If it was the shirt tug, I'm not even sure that really deserved a yellow card. Uh, But on top of all that, it was given to the wrong person. Nevertheless, this is lower division soccer. This is NPSL refereeing. This is something that we're a new team. We're getting used to this. Um, But this is... This is not something that's unique to lower division. You see referee issues in Major League Soccer. You see referee issues in the Premier League. You're going to really, really get a highlighter view of referee issues coming up at the World Cup. Referee issues are there. They exist. I think we have been on the receiving end of some really, really poor refereeing. And I am not one who just likes to bash referees and go out of my way to make excuses in that regard. And so I don't want to do that here, but I do want to say that this was a, this was a case of mistaken identity. Um, It's a crowded midfield and I can understand how it's hard to differentiate the players from time to time, but that was just an unfortunate circumstance to have a man get sent off right before halftime, which means you're going to play an entire half uh, down a man. And, but at that point, We were still tied. We were looking like the better team, but almost immediately after Dalton is sent off the rev or the, sorry, the Emerald force score in the 45th minute, right before halftime to send them into the locker room with a two, one lead. So, you know, coming out for the second half that it's going to be an uphill climb. You're down a man, which typically means teams played more defensively, but more important than that, not only are you down a man, you're down a goal. And even though Emerald Forest was not an overly impressive team on paper, they took full advantage of the situation. They scored three more goals in the second half. Greenville actually managed to get a goal in the 75th minute, uh, which was very impressive. Manuel Perez scored that one. Um, A man down to score a goal is a huge, huge deal. And then it took a lot of teamwork to get to that point. Um, but it was just too much. It was too much to handle. But I will say, this is not all a situation of we got unlucky and we were down a man and that's why we lost. This 
this loss to me really fell on the defensive back line. And I know Souter is your field general back there. And so you lose him early in the match and maybe that affects the, the mood of the entire back line, but the, the back line looked really, really porous um, in this match. And Paul Tyson, while he is a, an exceptional keeper could not, could not do everything. And there was, there was at least one of the goals. I'm not exactly, it was one of the second half goals where the ball was passed back and forth across a six yard box, maybe two or three times. And Tyson was running back and forth in front of the goal. Some of our defenders took swipes at the ball and missed them or just failed to clear them out as, as well as maybe they could. And that just opened up opportunities. I mean, we really gave Emerald force plenty of opportunities to score and they took advantage of it. I mean, they might not have even taken it, taken advantage of their first attempt or maybe even their second attempt, but if you don't clear the ball out and you let them hang out there, any team, any team, regardless of their skill level is going to be able to find some goals. So Thursday's match was very, very demoralizing, very debilitating, but uh, I think this team learned a lot. Perhaps the, the worst thing coming out of there was you knew you were going to be without Souter for the next match. Uh, one of your standout guys, Dalton Souter, has been a phenomenal defensive piece on this team. And so to ha- not have him in a big match against the Revolution last Saturday was a big deal. And I think it contributed a little bit to uh, some, of the, some of the poor performance again on Saturday. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to break down that Revolution matchup from last week. We've been telling you about Uptown Poor here on the podcast for a while now, and we're super excited. They're continuing to support us and everything we're trying to do to help grow soccer in the upstate. But I wanted to tell you a little bit more about Uptown Poor. They're part of an of a umbrella organization called the Uptown Company, which is Uptown Poor and Uptown Catering. So they offer these two unique uh, services for you. One Uptown Poor being a beverage catering company where they can give you bar service for your event or party, and then Uptown Catering where they can, can they can bring food. They can do any of the food items for your party, and so you can use them in tandem together to put on an incredible event. If it's a wedding, if it's an anniversary, if it's some kind of party you're hosting this summer, you need to check out Uptown Poor and Uptown Catering. And if you have, if you're like me, you're a visual person, you want to see what this kind of stuff looks like, I would encourage you to go over to Instagram, check out The Uptown Company, and you can see pictures of drinks and food that they've done. Man, they had a picture of some cannolis from the Artisphere tent that they had, and man, do they look good. They also had some fish tacos and margaritas that looked really good. So go check them out on Instagram there. Um, and then you can visit their two sites, UptownPoorCo.com or UptownCateringSC.com to check out all the things that they have on offer. So last Saturday, we tried to shake off the loss, the 5-2 to two loss from the Emerald Force, but we were playing a team we had already seen. This was the first time this year we have had a second matchup with a team. It was the Georgia Revolution, the very first team we played, coming to Eugene Stone Stadium on a day that had threatened rain. It was not a good-looking day. I will say this. Um, I didn't mention this when we were talking about the force match, but both Thursday night and Saturday were supposed to be very, very bad weather-wise. And I think that might have scared some people off. Both games wound up being beautiful. They were a little hot and humid. But in terms of rain, we didn't have any rain. We didn't have any storms. 
The games went off without a hitch, and yet we still had great crowds there. I would say there were there were over a thousand people there on Thursday night would be my estimation, and there were probably in the twelve hundred to thirteen hundred range maybe on Saturday. Could be potentially a little more. Um, I wasn't paying quite as close attention, but it felt it felt a little fuller than Thursday, but it certainly wasn't as full as that first match. But I say that to say we got to get we got to fill this place up every time we play on the pitch and that can start tomorrow against the silverbacks i think we should try to pack it out so bring a friend look bring a friend it's not that expensive to come um and it's a great time if you've been to a match you know how fun these times are and tomorrow is going to be even more fun we're going to have a little bit to talk about there here in a little bit but um let's jump back into the georgia revolution match it was a 1-1 draw and this was a matchup that went back and forth, it felt like. I think there was a lot of times where it felt like the Revolution was a better team, mostly because we ha- we struggled a little bit defensively again in this match, um, not on the defensive back line, but really in the midfield. Our back line stepped up in major, major ways in this match and looked far improved from the Thursday night match. I think they were maybe really focused on that in the days coming out of that Emerald Force matchup. But the midfield kind of got bogged down a little more in this game last Saturday. But it was a 1-1 draw. And if you were there and saw Greenville's goal, it was a thing of beauty. It was an own goal scored by the Revolution in what seemed to be slow motion. Um, And we had talked about previewing that match that they were going to be without their starting keeper who had gotten a red card the week before. So you had a backup keeper who played phenomenally well for most of the match, but had a very, very, very bad mistake in that moment and gave us, gave us a share of the points. Um, So that was a good, that was a good draw there in that matchup. I did not mention this earlier, but the man of the match from the Emerald Forest game, even though, even though he was the one that actually committed the foul that got Dalton Souter sent off. James Smith, that second half in particular, really anchored the midfield for us. And and really, I mean, it's hard to say this, but really kept that game from being worse than it really was. <laughs> when you had a back line that was struggling, he uh, stepped back there into the defensive midfield and really held it down. And then for this match with the Georgia Revolution, our man Toby Sims stepped in for Dalton Souter, who was out for that match, played the full 90, looked incredible, had some amazing moments there on the defensive back line, and really, to me, I think earned a look as potentially a a second center back starter, start back there alongside of Dalton, potentially in the future, or, or another center back. Um, but he, man, he looked so good on Saturday. So Toby Sims for Saturday, James Smith from last Thursday. Now, let's turn the corner and let's look to tomorrow's match against the Atlanta Silverbacks. So the Silverbacks so far this year are 2-2-0. They had a week one victory on May 16th, a 3-0 victory over the Emerald Force, who we have played. Then on the 19th, that following Wednesday, they had a 3-1 loss to Asheville City. Then the following Saturday, the 26th, they had a 1-0 loss to Asheville City. So they played them twice. And then on Wednesday night of this week, they played the Georgia Revolution away and won that match 5-0. So this game is uh, this team is very good. Uh, I think they have, 
Asheville City is, is to me probably the class of our division, maybe right up there with Chattanooga, but and, and that's the only team that that the Silverbacks have lost to. But they have looked impressive over the Emerald Forest. They have looked impressive over the Revol- like really impressive over the Revolution on Wednesday. I mean, I think our only hope really in here of making this game competitive is the fact that the Revolution just played on Wednesday night. So they're going to be a little more weary than our team is. We've had a full week of rest. But as we saw with the matchup earlier this year versus International, when we thought that might leave them a little more worse for wear, it really didn't seem to impact them much at all. I say that, but Georgia Revolution has played several games here in close proximity. They played a Saturday, Wednesday, the 16th and 19th. Then they had a week off. Then they have played a Saturday, Wednesday this week, and then now this Saturday. So they've played a a lot of games in a very condensed time frame, and I'm hoping that that will give us an opening to, to potentially have some upper hand here. Now, in terms of their their players to watch um their their biggest player to watch is a guy named Muhammad Kamara he has scored four of their nine goals so far this season uh you've also had Aaron Walker has scored two Ibrahim uh, Sissoko has scored one Jamora has scored one and Sheriff Suma or Sharif Suma I'm not really sure it's spelled like Sheriff so I'm going to say Sheriff Suma has scored one as well they don't really have anybody on any kind of yellow card watch or yellow card suspension, and neither does Greenville for that matter. So um, everybody seems to be at full strength, which means we get Dalton Souter back. Uh, I'm not sure if he's going to start, if he'll come off the bench, um, but I imagine he will be out there at some point on Saturday, which takes me to a couple questions we got from our friend Chris Allen over on Twitter about the team. He asked if we had any information on team injuries I know we had a couple players uh, go off with varying degrees of injuries during the last two games. I don't have any information. The team doesn't publicly release that. I imagine that is um, part privacy-related and probably part strategic as well. They're not required to, so there's no reason they would. Uh, so I don't have any inf- in, any information on injuries. The only thing I can say is that it's been a week since we played, so my hope is that if, if it was just something minor – um, hopefully they have had plenty of time to recover from that. He also asked about the lineup. He pointed out, I think fairly and rightly so, that the defense has struggled in the last couple of games. I do think that the defensive back line in particular looked really, really good on Saturday against the Revolution. But on Thursday, they did not look great. But the midfield kind of struggled a little bit on Saturday. So um, defensively is a question mark. Um, and so he asked specifically what kind of lineup I think we might be looking at. Um, this team has really run two, two lineups. They've run a four, three, three, or some version of it, a four, two, three, one or whatever. Um, or they've run this on Thursday night. They ran a four, four, two. Um, I think, I think if I look at our personnel and look at where we're strongest, I think a, 442 looks really good. That last matchup um, looked very, very good with the 442 because, in a sense, you had starting at least, you had Wadham and Rex and Watkins starting as your two strikers, and then you had Quinn McNeil and Malcolm Frago out on the wings in the midfield, and they were pressing so high up. I think I even said this in the pregame that it, it played more like a 424 instead of a 442. 
Um, and that's my fear in the four, four, two is that you've got so much pushed up, up ahead that you don't have enough defensively, especially when this team has really kind of struggled defensively. So I think my preference would be a four, two, three, one, or a four, three, two, one, even probably four, two, three, one, if I'm being honest, because you get two defensive midfielders in there who can help your back line. You get a, uh, an attacking midfield with Frego on one, one wing and uh, probably Quinn McNeil, maybe somebody else out on the other wing. And then you either have Wadham or Watkins starting up top. You have the other guy come in there. Both of those strikers have been very good for this team. So I think that's uh, I think that's your home run lineup is to do some form of a four two three one, just just to give yourself plenty of defensive help. I mean, I think that's the that's the biggest thing this team needs is to make sure that they are protected on the defensive end of the match. Prediction time. What do I think is going to happen tomorrow? Well, I don't have good news for you if you're hoping for a Greenville FC win. I think this Atlanta Silverbacks team is very good. I think there are a lot of question marks for Greenville. So if I'm being, you know, my heart is always with Greenville winning, and I, I'm hoping and praying that I'm wrong. But this this match has a 3-1 loss um, written all over it. And I think that that is the prediction I'm going to go with. I just think that Atlanta is is very good, and I think Kamara is very good. And I would say he probably scores two of those three goals, if I'm guessing, and I would I would put my money on maybe Sissoko scoring the other one. Uh, but I think this is going to be a tough match, and that is why it is so important for us to be out there and be supportive of the team because, honestly, if you weren't there on Saturday, um, and maybe even if you were there and you haven't followed a little bit on social media – our presence was more than felt, uh, particularly with a little friend we had who was from the Georgia Revolution, who was on the stream Thursday night watching the Emerald Force game and maybe ch- talking a little smack. Uh, and so his name was Jack Gurr, and Jack was started the match out on the right side, which meant he was on the side of the Milltown operatives. We had a big sign of a very unflattering picture of him that we held up and we were just ribbing him and giving him a hard time. But he went on to uh, send us a message on Facebook, send the Milltown Operatives a message, and he posted on Twitter just his appreciation for the fans and that it was one of the best experiences of his life in terms of he appreciated getting ribbed, he appreciated getting into the match, he appreciated when they scored and he came over and kind of rubbed it in our faces a little bit. But um, it was all good banner. And I think that that, and so I, I tell you that story to say that being there and being present and being loud makes an impact. These players were so close to the field. They can hear us. They know we're there. Our, our players come up all the time and tell us how much they appreciate us being there to support them. It really does mean the world to them. So I say that not to say like, come out and be complete jerks to the other team, but I say that to say, come and support our team. And then if we need to rib some guys on the other team, like let's rib them, let's do it all in good fun and good banner. Let's not be ugly or nasty or malicious. Um, but I think we really can make an impact and it's so much more so the more people we get there. So come out tomorrow, bring your friends, bring your family. Let's make it a loud and exciting atmosphere to be a part of. Now, that being said, tomorrow the Milltown operatives are doing a little bit something extra. They're pairing, partnering up with the American Outlaws chapter here in Greenville 
to have an early start to our tailgate. We're going to start tailgating at 3 p.m. And when I say 3 p.m., we're just listing that, but like you need to be there at 3 p.m. because at 3.08, the U.S. men's national team kicks off a friendly match against Ireland. And we're going to watch that out at the tailgate. Again, if you don't know where we tailgate, we're in the kind of the main Greenville FC parking area, but we're all the way back towards the chapel. So we're right behind the Furman Chapel. We set up there in the corner. Somebody's bringing a TV. We're going to watch the U.S. men's national team and all the youngsters that have traveled take on Ireland in the friendly match. And then we're going to tailgate a little bit more. And then we're going to march to the stadium and we're going to watch our boys in green and gold take on the Atlanta Silverbacks. So it's going to be a day full of soccer and you don't want to miss it. It's going to be a ton of fun. So make sure you come on out for that. Now we're going to take another quick break right here. And we get back, we have a special announcement about what's coming on the show. We here at Yeah That Soccer Show are proud to welcome our newest partner, Brad Butchkowski. Brad is a real estate agent with the Wondercheck Realty Group, and he is here to serve all of your real estate needs in the upstate. Brad is a huge fan of the podcast. He is a founding member of Greenville FC, and he wants to connect with you to help you buying or selling a house, whatever you're looking to do. Um, you can visit his website, brad.selling-greenville.com. Check out the listings he's got there. Um, or you can connect with him online. Uh, he has He's on Instagram and Facebook, uh, Brad Buczkowski, B-U-C-Z-K-O-W-S-K-I. Or you can find him on Twitter. That might be the easiest spot to find him. It's I am Brad B. Brad Buczkowski, the newest partner for Yeah That Soccer Show. We're excited to have him. Hey, tell him you've heard about him on the podcast. Welcome back as we get ready to wrap up episode 19 of Yeah, That Soccer Show. As you can tell, I am on my last legs of being able to speak, so we're going to do this relatively quickly. Uh, but wanted to tell you about something exciting we got coming out here in the next week or so. So as you know, this time of year, every four years, years or so, rolls around and soccer takes the main stage, not only around the world, but in this country more than it ever does. And that's because the world cup is here. We are less than two weeks away. And so we, as a show decided we wanted to do a little something to help you out, get you excited and fired up and maybe draw some new ears to the show. So starting next week, I'm not sure exactly what day, but we are going to release a series of nine podcasts uh, eight that will be breaking down and previewing each group in the World Cup. We'll go to, we'll go team by team, talk about the teams, what they have to offer, what to get excited about, what to maybe get angry and upset about and root against them for. And then on the ninth episode, we're going to come back and make all of our predictions. Who's going to win the group? Who's going to come in second? And then we'll walk through our bracket together with you so that you can be prepared to sound smart when you talk World Cup coverage with your coworkers. So that is something we are super excited about. I'm also going to try to do a series of articles over at Soccer and Sweet Tea about it. Um, not exactly sure if that's going to go or not, but um, we'll definitely have the podcast out for sure. So make sure you stay tuned to our Twitter, and we will we will communicate all that stuff with you. Now, before we leave, I want to thank a couple of folks, our producers, our patrons. They are the ones that make this happen. They're the ones that are making the World Cup pot coverage happen. Which I say that um, I'm also going to try to, throughout the World Cup, jump in here and record some additional episodes talking about uh, just the different phases. Maybe once we get through one set of group phases, um, once we get into the the playoffs, the knockout round, um, we'll just try to get on here every once in a while and 
update you on where we stand and try to break down some of the action in the World Cup because, I mean, you're excited about it. I'm excited about it. It's really the most exciting soccer time every four years. This is our Olympics. So, But a couple of folks to, to thank, Brad Bichkowski, Chris Rosensteel, Justin Smith, Chris Allen, Johnny Wakefield, Doug Irwin, Alex Warren, Ben Gosshorn, Zach Leishner. Those are our executive producers. They are the guys that make this happen. And how did they become executive producers of Yeah That Soccer Show? Well, they went to Patreon slash YTSS, or they went to yeahthatsoccershow.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-O-N, and signed up to get some really cool swag and to support independent podcasting. You can do that as well. Your name can be on this list. So all you got to do is go to yeahthatsoccershow.com slash patron and see which tier there makes the most sense for you and jump in and sign up. It's a great way to help support the community we're growing here. If you can't do that, um, we would ask for you to consider going to yeahthatsoccershow.com slash Amazon if you're going to buy anything on Amazon because, hey, it doesn't cost you anything extra and it just helps us out a little bit. So make sure you do that. If you can't do that, go give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. But Apple Podcasts, I think, is the most predominant one. So go there. Uh, you don't have to. You have to write something, but you don't have to write anything about the show. You can write uh, your favorite sandwich. That'd be cool. Write your favorite sandwich. I want to hear that. I want to read some favorite sandwiches on the show next week because you've all given us five star ratings on Apple Podcasts. And then if you can't do that. Or if you want to just do something just even a little bit more, go above and beyond the rest of the crowd. Tell people about the show. That's the only way we can get to new ears is to spread the love. So if you have friends that are coming to the matches, if you have people that are following soccer, following uh, Greenville FC in particular, or if you have people that are just interested in the World Cup and maybe haven't seen Greenville FC, get them to tune in to our World Cup previews and maybe maybe we can just get them to come to a match. So tell your friends that's an awesome way to help us as well. Hey, thanks again for listening. This show would be nothing without you all tuning in week in and week out. And um, thanks for bearing with me this week with the delayed episode. But I hope you're ready and excited for this Saturday against the Atlanta Silverbacks. Make sure you come out of the tailgate at 3 o'clock so you can check out the U.S. Men's National Team take on Ireland, and then we'll march to the stadium together. See you all next week.